This morning, God's Word comes to us from Exodus 15 and 16. We're going to begin our reading near the end of Exodus 15, verse 22, and then read through all the chapter of 16. Exodus 15, beginning at verse 22. What we hear now is God's Word. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was called Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. Then they came to Elim, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. They set out from Elim, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month, after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, where we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us into this wilderness to kill us, this whole assembly, with hunger. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when you prepare what, you, what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you would grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord. For he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God." In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp. and In the morning, dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. 
When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer according to the number of persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered, some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and then bread worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as he could eat, and when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. So they laid it aside till the morning as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain, each of you, in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Now the house of Israel called its name manna. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations, so that they may see the bread with which, you fed in the, fed, with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar and put an omer of manna in it, and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it in the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate the manna forty years till they came to a habitable land. They ate the manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan, and an omer is a tenth of an ephah. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. I invite you to turn to the back of your Trinity Psalter hymnals, to the back section and page 895. 895, I'm going to read for you this morning just question 125 from Lord's Day 50. Lord's Day 50, question 125, what does the fourth petition mean? Give us this day our daily bread means, provide for all our physical needs, so that we may recognize that you are the only source of everything good, and that neither our care and work nor your gifts can do us any good without your blessing. Therefore, may we withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it in you alone.
Well, we continue this morning our study of the Lord's Prayer. Those of you who are attentive to these types of things will recognize we skipped a petition. Uh, We skipped over petition three, and we are on to petition four today, uh, give us this day our daily bread. As I was working on this uh, sermon and thinking about coming to the Lord's table, uh, this uh, petition seemed to fit better on Lord's Supper Sunday, on Communion Sunday, when we come to the table and we take the bread the Lord has given to us. We will look at the third petition. We'll do that next week uh, as we move forward in our study of the prayer. We have in Exodus this morning a picture of God providing bread for his people. God provides for their physical needs. When we pray that prayer, give us this day our daily bread, it is for our physical needs. Our confession picks up on that. But as we look at this story this morning, we we recognize it also points forward to God's spiritual provision for us as he provides for our deeper needs. He provides for our greatest needs. He provides bread for our soul that we might be strengthened by Christ himself, the true bread from heaven. So we're going to look at this petition, we're going to look at this story, seeing how God provides uh, both physically and how he also provides spiritually. God gives bread from heaven. Where is Israel at in their life with the Lord at this time? Uh, They have seen God's miraculous provision for them. They have seen the glory of the Lord as He has just delivered them from bondage. After 400 years of captivity, God leads them out of that bondage. They had seen the power of God manifest in the plagues that He brought against Pharaoh and against Egypt. They had just seen their enemies defeated in a mighty and miraculous way. Israel had come out of Egypt and they found themselves at the edge of the Red Sea. There was nothing they could do to get across it. They were trapped. And yet God provides miraculously for them. He opens up the sea that they might walk through. And not only that, He then closes the sea upon their enemies. God provides, God delivers, God cares for His people. And yet Israel is so slow to recognize God's ongoing power to care for them. We read that they set out from the Red Sea. They were in the wilderness just three days and found no water. They came to Marah where the water was bitter and they grumbled. They grumbled against God. The God who had rescued them, the God who had delivered them, the God who had defeated their foes, Now they start to grumble. And that will be, in many ways, Israel's default position. Whenever anything goes slightly wrong, they grumble against God. And God graciously tells Moses, take this log, throw it in the water, and the water becomes sweet. God still provides for them. God gives them what is necessary. And he continues to lead them on. They come to this place of the 12 springs. They set out once again into the wilderness. They're going out. And what happens? Israel once again grumbles. Once again grumbles against God. He had said to them, I'm going to test you. From verse 26. 
And the Lord made a statute for them, a rule. He tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes and give ear to His commands and keep all the statutes, I'll put none of the diseases in front of you that I had on the Egyptians. I am the Lord your God, your healer. I'm going to watch you, God says, to see if you will listen to me, if you will follow me. And instead, Israel grumbles. Verse 2. The whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to our full, but you have brought us into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. They grumbled once again against God. They had seen His power. They had seen His majesty. And yet they grumble, and they grumble, and they grumble. How does God respond? Does he say, I'm sorry, I'm through with you at this point. Yes, I took you out of Egypt, but now I'm done. You grumbled one too many times. God is so gracious. God is so compassionate. God is so kind. Even when they grumble against him, he continues to provide for them. And Moses reminds them, it's not against us you're grumbling, it's against God you are grumbling. The one who took you out of Egypt, the one who made the bitter water sweet, and yet you continue to lack trust in him. They grumble against God. And God comes and addresses them through Moses and Aaron. Verse 9, say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Moses or Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. God could have come with a word of judgment. They've grumbled against me again. I will send my judgment upon them. He does not. He comes and graciously provides for them once again. And we read in verse 13, that's exactly what happened. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp. In the morning, dew lay around the camp. When the dew had gone up, there was in the face of the wilderness a fine, flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. God had said, I will provide bread, I will provide meat and bread, and that's exactly what he does. He provides meat and bread. Bread from God. God provides bread for his people. And God continues to care for us today. Oh, we don't see manna dropping down from heaven. But God provides for us. He provides for us the things that we have. He provides for us the bread that we eat every day. And yet we're not so different from the people of Israel. Often, rather than being thankful for what God has given, we wish He'd given us something else. Oh, He made the bitter water sweet, but can He give us food too? God's provided for us meals every day, but they're not really exactly the meals that we'd like. We'd like something a little more tasty, God. It's so typical for us to grumble against him and against his provision. We must recognize he is the one who gives us 
what we have. And that's where our confession takes us. What does give us this day our daily bread mean? Provide for us all our physical needs so that we may recognize that you, you are the only source of everything good. What we have, we have from the Lord. When we grumble about it, we grumble against Him about what He has provided. We tell Him how to do His job. God, you're not doing it right. Now we recognize that everything we have is a gift from God. All things physical and our needs spiritually He meets as well by providing bread from heaven. He would send His Son, Jesus Christ, the true bread from heaven. And He would come down and, and rather than coming in judgment, rather than coming in condemnation, he comes with grace and mercy and kindness and compassion. Jesus comes to those who were not seeking him, and yet he declares to them the glory of who he is, the truth of the gospel. For those who grumble, we must recognize what God has done for us spiritually, providing for us the most perfect food we could ask for. Romans 5 says this, speaks of God's grace in the gospel, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to clean ourselves up, but while we were fallen and sinful, Christ came and gave up his body, gave up his blood, that we might have life in him. That's the beauty of the gospel. That God comes to those who are fallen, those who are sinful, those who cannot save themselves. And he does everything necessary for their salvation. That's the call of the gospel again this morning. If you are still trying to be self-reliant upon what you can do, look away from yourself. Look to Jesus Christ. He's the one who has done everything necessary. He's the one who's given his body. We might feed on him and be strengthened, not for this life, but for eternal life. God provides bread graciously to his people. And God provides bread sufficiently. Look at verse 16. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall take an omer according to the number of persons that you have in your tent. People Israel did so. They gathered, some more, some less. When they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over. Whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. They gathered as much as they needed. God provided sufficiently for their daily needs. Give us this day our daily bread. God would provide for Israel sufficiently every day. Some didn't believe he could do it. Some didn't believe he would do it. They didn't want to trust in God who had revealed Himself so beautifully, who had come to them so graciously, but they still wouldn't trust He would do it sufficient for their needs. Verse 19, Moses said, Let no one leave any of it till the morning, but they did not listen. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was angry with them. They didn't think that God was able to sufficiently provide for them. They would do it themselves. Oh, God got us started, but we're going we're to do the rest our own way. 
He had said, take it just for the day, as much as you need, but we'll take care of ourselves instead. We recognize, with regard to our physical needs, everything we have comes from God. He provides that which is necessary. And we receive from His hand all that He has given to us. He knows what is right. He knows what is proper. He knows what is sufficient for us. So often we we think we need much more than we do. And we'll try to gather things on our own. Gather things without the blessing of God. But He's the one who provides. Sufficiently to each according to their needs. That with regard to our physical needs. That with regard to our spiritual needs. He has provided us His Son, Jesus Christ. And in Him, we have everything we need for salvation. In Him, He has perfectly accomplished the work of atonement. But so often we don't trust the sufficiency of Christ. But I have to do something yet. I have to offer something to God. I need to to take what He's given and then add something to it. But that makes Jesus an insufficient Savior. Our salvation becomes dependent on what I do, what I can add. No, He has done everything. As we come to the table, we, we testify to that. That Christ has done everything necessary for our salvation, completely sufficient for our spiritual needs. In Him we have the complete forgiveness of all of our sins. Washed and cleansed perfectly and sufficiently. Jesus Christ does it all. And we, we see in Israel how God would provide for His people day after day, after day. Verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. They'll get a day's portion every day. I'll provide for them morning by morning day after day after day. And it was a test of whether they would trust God that He would be faithful. That He would be faithful to His Word. Would they trust in the Word of the Lord that continually He would provide for them morning after morning after morning. But there was that one exception. The exception given to us in verse 5. On the sixth day, When you prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. Verse 22, on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. So laid it aside till the morning as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink, and there were no worms. And Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it. On the seventh is the Sabbath, and there will be none. The reminder God will provide everything we need day after day after day, but His law said on the seventh day you will rest. 
What about our daily needs? God provides double the day before. God provides double for their physical needs the day before. They would not go hungry. If they kept the law of God, if they kept the Sabbath, if they followed the test he had given to him, they would not be hungry on that day. For God would provide double the day before. Of course, typical to Israel, some did not believe. Verse 27, on the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my law? See, the Lord has given you a Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. Let no one go out on the seventh day. And the people rested on the seventh day. They were to recognize that God would provide. And their efforts to go out on the seventh day would be absolutely fruitless. There would be nothing there for them. Again, from our confession, help us to recognize you as the only source of everything good and that neither our care and work nor your gifts do us any good without your blessing. They went out, but there was nothing there. Therefore, we may withdraw our trust in all creatures and place it in you alone. Trusting God to be faithful to his word. That when they would be obedient to him, he would provide for them. They would go out and gather twice on that day before the Sabbath. God is so good to provide for all of our needs. He sufficiently cares for us, all of our physical needs. And yet it's so easy for us to want to try to get ahead, to want to get more than God has given to us. And, and opportunities arise for us, perhaps, to, to pick up some extra hours at work, to do some other work, uh, work jobs, of course, they conflict with God's law about the Sabbath. But we'll just do it anyway. The result will be the same as for the people of Israel. There will be no blessing there. There will be no extra there. God will provide sufficiently in six days our needs for seven days. That's, that's the promise of His Word. That we need not break the law of God to try to, to provide our own needs on that seventh day. No, He will give us everything necessary. He provides for us physically. He provides for us spiritually. In Jesus Christ, we continually look to Him as the one who removes all of our sins, the one who gives us his spirit and makes us new creatures. And we continue to have a desire to follow in his ways, to follow his law, to trust the word of God. It's so easy for us to get sidetracked, to go our own way, follow our own desires. No, we are to continually, day after day, look to Christ, look to his word for our instruction, for our direction, because that is how God provides for us, in concert with the holy word he has given. We read that Israel was provided for, verse 35, the people of Israel ate the manna 40 years till they came to the habitable land. They ate the manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan. They, God would provide for them 
all the way till he brought them into the land he had promised. He would not give up halfway through. He would continue to provide for his people. And so our God does for us. All the way until he takes us to that land he has promised us, our our eternal home in heaven. Every day of our lives, as we look to him, he'll give us everything physically we need. He'll give us everything spiritually relieved. We celebrate that this morning as we come to the table. These tokens of God's goodness to us, this bread from heaven, the body of Christ, given to us to help us to continue in our walk with him to continue to live for Him, to continue to be devoted to Him. He strengthens us spiritually that we might live for Him every day of our lives. God gives bread from heaven. For Israel, manna in the wilderness, something they had not seen. For us, He provides us with our daily needs. And He's given us everything spiritually in the body of His Son, Jesus Christ, the bread of life. As we come to the table this morning, we are mindful of God's grace. In spite of our sin, in spite of our grumbling, God is gracious to us. He provides us in Jesus Christ everything we need for salvation, completely sufficient. And He provides us day after day after day by His Word and Spirit the ability to live for him, honor him, thank him for all that he has done. Thank him that he has given us bread from heaven. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we do thank you. We thank you for your great provision for us. Provision not for our daily needs only. Yes, you do that continually, graciously, sufficiently, but even more so spiritually giving us in your Son, Jesus Christ, everything necessary for our salvation. Forgive us when we grumble. Forgive us when when our actions, we fail to recognize all that you have done. Help us, Lord God, to lead these ongoing, continual, thankful lives for the gift you have given, for the gift of Jesus Christ. Hear our prayer, for we pray in his name. Amen.